Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates It's a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the podcast of champions. Hey everybody, it's Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com. Since David's watching some game where you bounce around, ball around, and there's a weird floor that's speckled, and I don't know what's going on. And it's 8.30 at night on a Thursday, and I'm getting up super early for a very important work trip. Okay, maybe I'm going to Catalina, but still, going early in the morning, we're not going to be able to uh, record together. So I'm going to send uh, a little portion over to David. He's playing this during the podcast, so uh, we won't have the interaction that you love so much. We'll let David uh, answer those. And there's some questions he can answer and stuff, but I, we got some voicemails that I have. We also have uh, some breaking news kind of stuff uh, with Chris Cartman uh, from Some Devil Source. He called in, so we have a voicemail to play from him. I'll give you, since David doesn't really like news, I'll give you some, uh, the Pac-12 expansion or the, the, the college football playoff expansion. I know David doesn't want to see expand. It will expand, but it's not going to expand until after uh, the 2025 season. Um, they did vote eight to three. The uh, Alliance all voted together on not expanding and all of them, I think for different reasons. I'm sure you've heard a lot about this before George Klyovkov went on Feinbaum and talked about it. And he also had a statement where he's talking about, will the PAC 12 will do any expansion, any of the proposals will do. And then they vote no, but it it does seem like there's some smart reasons behind it. You're just expanding. And I think Klyovkov would love to see. Uh, more than one entity involved in this. Right now, it's owned by ESPN, and the financials would just kind of be up in the air. Uh, he talked about, you know, not signing a contract before you know what the financials are. So there was, I think, some reasons to kick the can down the road. I do feel, just personally, there's some risk involved because the SEC seemed like they're willing to play ball, and they are the big dog in all of this. Now, the Big Ten is big as well, but if the Big Ten's like, hey, I don't really need this alliance, I think the Pac-12 could be out in the cold. The ACC is probably in the worst spot because they have the bad television deal. The Big Ten television deal is going to come up uh, in a couple years, and NBC apparently would pay them a billion dollars. So that was, there's a thing with that. Um, but this is uh, this will be interesting. So no expansion right now for the people that didn't want to see the college football playoff expanded. Um, I know you're in the minority, but you're going to get your wish at least for a few more years, but this will be expanded for sure. Just going to be, you know, delayed a couple years at this point. And I feel like, um, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with and you need, you know, to have a playoff that's similar to what the NFL does, where you have multiple networks involved. Uh, that's a good thing. And I think it's probably a good thing for, you know, the PAC 12, as far as, the TV deal maybe gets a little more time to, to put things together. I think for the Big Ten, it's it's good too. 
Um, but, you know, we'll see how this plays out. I mean, it could be a game of chicken. It could be, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC can kind of do what they want. And if you just had those two conferences together making their own playoff, uh, it would probably be pretty legitimate at this point. So we'll see what happens with the Pac-12. But right now the alliance um, stuck together, little voting block, and uh, they did not uh, get the college football playoff expanded because it was an eight to three vote and it needed to be 11 to 0 at this point. So we'll see, you know, but the, the contract ends after 2025 and there's nothing after that. So it's not like it rolls over or anything. There's that it just ends. So you need to come up with something brand new from scratch and we'll see what they come up with and what can be agreed upon. Okay. So the, um, Breaking news stuff. Uh, we didn't get to talk about Jaden Daniels entering the NCAA transfer portal, but that's some some big ASU news. It wasn't even the biggest ASU news. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. We have Chris Cartman um, coming on here. So Jaden Daniels, of course, the three-year starter uh, quarterback. We asked uh, Chris Cartman to call in, and he did. Love his voicemail. It was actually almost perfectly timed, just below three minutes for Google Voice, which is perfect. Uh, but he didn't even mention Jaden Daniels because there's so much other stuff going on. So let me play what Chris had to say. Chris Carvin here for Sun Devil Source. Uh, things are not going particularly well in ASU land. Uh, ASU has uh, really significantly put itself into a difficult situation with the NCAA investigation. Uh, we reported this week that Herm Edwards personally was a participant in uh, some of the on-campus and also off-campus uh, impermissible recruiting activities that involved uh, at least one player, uh, prospective student-athlete, I should say, who uh, whose trip was paid for by uh, a member of ASU staff that her Edwards later met with at a rented home in Paradise Valley. The NCAA has, is aware of this particular encounter involving Herm Edwards and others, including Edwards meeting with a number of prospects on ASU's campus, including one of the team's top defensive targets in the 2021 class. Uh, there's a photo that was surreptitiously taken of Edwards in the team's weight room with uh, that particular prospect. And things really kind of got ugly this week because ASU's president, Michael Crow, and athletic director Ray Anderson went on the radio in support of Herm Edwards and said some things that really don't uh, add up uh, when you when you when you think about it. Um, basically, that Edwards, although he was in charge of the program, he wasn't necessarily responsible, um, which I think is really disingenuous and um, potentially extremely ignorant or some combination thereof. Um, Edwards himself said that he made a mistake maybe by trusting some people um, that he shouldn't have in his program and that he nev never was a micromanager. But uh, it's been already learned by the NCAA and by us in our reporting that uh, he was a participant in uh, quite a bit of the, uh, the recruiting activity that was not allowed. So this situation is going to continue to unfold in the coming weeks and months, and we're still probably at least several months away from the notice of allegations. Uh, it's unclear if Edwards actually knew that uh, some of these, that one or more of these recruits have their travel paid for by somebody working for him. But nonetheless, uh, the NCAA is going to look at this uh, in a really negative light 
And uh, I think that the Sun Devils are going to be facing a really difficult journey coming out of this. So that's uh, that's the update with ASU. Football and recruiting, uh, I'm Chris Carvin for Sun Devils Source. Uh, thanks, Chris, for that. Um, yeah, tough times ahead. Uh, I, it just, just seems such a weird situation. Um, people protecting their own, Michael Crow, Ray Anderson, Herm Edwards. I just don't know where this is going to uh, go, but it's hard to picture it turning out uh, positively for the Sun Devils. And it's sort of one of the things you needed to cut bait a while ago, and this hasn't happened. You're going to drag it on and drag it on. And I think this could impact recruiting and the team for the next, you know, couple of years or something. You know, I, it, it's just so bizarre. But maybe there's some way that Herm does get fired before the start of the season. But how is that going to happen? Um, I mean, just just the timing of all this. Jaden Daniels going in the portal when he did. Uh, it seems like you know that the, the music had stopped and there's no chairs left. And where is he going to? Where is he going to go? Is he going to be a backup somewhere? Is he going to go to the Mountain West? Um, you know, there's rumors about UCLA, but DTR is back. I don't know. I'm not sure where Jaden Daniels ends up, but there might be a wave of people transferring out after spring football, and then he finds a spot. But right now, I think he's going to be a little bit of a holding pattern. Um, all right, there's a couple of questions, and since you know David's not really good at playing the voicemail stuff, I will play these for you. Um, here's our buddy Evan. Oh, what's good, guys? Uh, this is Evan from Tempe. I just kind of had a question about a take that you guys had a couple weeks ago that I don't really understand completely. Uh, it's that you guys said the DTR is arguably as good as, or arguably better than Caleb Williams, and I just kind of don't really get it because you know Caleb Williams, despite not even starting until the second half of the season last year, had the same amount of passing touchdowns as DTR in a full year, and was actually at one point the leading Heisman contender despite not even playing until the second half. And, you know, when we look at DTR, you know, we're looking at a guy who, you know, has a lot of accuracy issues. You know, Caleb Williams in his true freshman season had a better completion percentage than him. Uh, and he had a better completion percentage than DTR's overall career uh, completion percentage as well. You know, in 2018, DTR was 90th in completion percentage. In 2019, he was 74th. You know, 2020, he was 22nd, but then when we got back to real football and non-pandemic football, he went back to 63rd. So, uh you know, he has a lot of accuracy issues. You know, Caleb Williams doesn't really have any issues. So I'm uh, just kind of curious about it. You know, not trying to, you know, be rude or whatever. I'm just curious as to why you guys had that take. So thank you. Hey, thanks, Evan. Um, I guess David probably got to answer this one. Hopefully he listens to this. I don't know how he's going to put this together, but this is going to be his problem. Um, Evan, I don't remember saying anything like that ever. Uh, but I've said a lot of dumb things. Maybe I said that. Uh, maybe I was really tired, but I – in my mind, I would say, if you're going to pick one of the two, I would say Caleb Williams. You'd pick him. Um, but hey, maybe we said something like that. Maybe David did. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't answer that. Like, you know, every, the stats you said made sense. But I just think, just from what I watched, um, I think Caleb Williams is a better player. So, uh, that was, I don't think it was my take. But maybe it was David's. I'll let him uh, answer after this. We got one more. It's more of a statement that a question is a little long, but I thought I'd play it for you guys about ice hockey. Hey, this is Rob, uh, formerly of Minneapolis and now in Seattle. I apologize for background noise. I'm doing a work-related shuttle run uh, from Seattle to Portland and back to Seattle in a single day. Uh, and on this drive, I was listening to uh, last week's podcast uh, to give myself a laugh and uh, stay entertained, as always. And uh, you guys started talking about ice hockey and how freaking hard it is. Uh, and I'm bored, and it's the off season. 
so I will share with you my ice hockey story. I, uh, I'm a Seattle guy, didn't grow up skating, and then moved to Minnesota. And at our local neighborhood park during the winter, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, the public park department just created two ice rinks uh, on top of what was previously baseball fields and soccer fields, only in Minnesota or maybe Michigan or North Dakota or Wisconsin or something. But anyway, um, I bought all the equipment and had high ambitions to join an adult league. Uh, and they even had beginner ones, so I was like, okay, I'm, I've been decently athletic my whole life. Uh, at the time, I was in my late 20s, and I thought, I can do this. I, you know, no problem. After two winters of playing in neighborhood pickup games and getting checked by literal middle schoolers to the ice, and then going and trying to practice my speed skating and getting lapped by five-year-olds who were learning with their dads. Uh, I had a culminating moment where I was told that I needed to play defense um, more specifically and uh, tried to skate backwards rapidly at one point and uh, fell on my ass, got laughed at by a bunch of literal children and that was the end of my hockey career. Ice hockey, turns out, is really hard. Uh, that's it. Thanks for uh, everything, guys. Appreciate you. Great story. And uh, yes, ice hockey is very hard. Try to do all that stuff that you would do, like on a soccer field or whatever. But you do it on ice. Like, yeah, that adds a lot of complexity to it. So thank you for that. Uh, story. I have one question I want to email that was specifically to me I want to get to, but before I forget, I want to mention that we are going to do a uh, podcast of champions meetup. Uh, our buddy Tom from, um, f- I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, Tom from Jockey is going to be there as well. He's leaving, I think, Friday morning. So we're going to do this on Thursday during the quarterfinals. So after the second quarterfinal game, I think I tweeted out second semifinal game. There's four games on Thursday, but we're going to try about 2 p.m. Now, that's only if USC and UCLA are not playing in that next window because David and I would have to be there for that. At this point, um, it you know doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So it looks like we'll around 2 p.m. is where we're going to uh, plan it for right now. On Thursday, we'll kind of let you know where, um, if you want to email us or tweet us or whatever, and we will uh, kind of work with you on that. But yeah, we'd love to to have some kind of meetup, a little bar or something, and uh, you know we'll be able to watch one of the games. I know whoever's playing in that one, um, if you're going to be at the game, you're not going to be able to go to the meetup. I'm sorry. There's just not really a time we can do it. I mean, there's games all day on Thursday, and that's kind of the day we have to do it. So, uh, All right. This is from Dan at Sunset Beach. He says, Dear Ryan, I'm a UCLA fan, but my question is for you. I'm concerned about David Woods. Uh, aren't we all uh, of all people I've known David is the quickest on and off the UCLA bandwagon for years David hated UCLA basketball he didn't want to talk about it but after last season's run to the final four David was all in he was committed now after a couple of losses, I'm not so sure and right now it's uh 21.4 seconds left in Oregon's beating UCLA 67 to 60 on that speckly floor thingy um so he said the same applies to UCLA football when the Bruins beat LSU earlier in the season, David made his move back on the bandwagon, but after the Bruins stumbled against teams with winning records, he cringed at the name of Chip Kelly. Okay, here's my questions. Is he jumping on and off the UCLA bandwagon 
uh, is jumping on and off the UCLA bandwagon the way David gets his exercise. You know, I don't know. I haven't known David to exercise, so maybe that's where he's getting most of it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's even a bandwagon thing, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. He said, has David ever hurt himself falling off the bandwagon? His Winnie the Poohish figure certainly can't handle these sudden moves. Ouch. Uh, a little personal shot. Um, I don't know if it's a bandwagon thing. Uh, so he says, where does David go from here? What will it take to keep him on the wagon? Sincerely, Dan at Sunset Beach. He says, one of these days I'll see you up on Mount Baldly, San Jacinto, or perhaps San Gorgonio. You know it's me when I say with a distinctly Ryan voice, welcome to the podcast of champions. Dan, if I see you up there when I'm hiking, and I will know it's you. That's perfect. So I think it's more about David. So, I mean, David's a brewer. I mean, he loves UCLA, but he's self-loathing, I guess, is what I guess is. I don't know if that's the term you want to use. Um, it's not really like a bandwagon. It's not like he's abandoned it, but he's willing. He's He's going to be pessimistic about the team. And then if there is something good happening, he can kind of get excited about it. But his default is going to be that pessimistic side, right? Um, but, you know, hey, you make a run at the Final Four and all of a sudden they're going to win a national championship and then it all comes crashing down. And then you beat LSU. He wasn't a fan of Chip Kelly still, but he was like, oh, this team could be good. And he and Davids might have been, this could be good, be you know, despite uh, Chip Kelly. Now that's not going to be the case. And so I don't know if bandwagon is the best way to describe it, Dan. Um, he's, you know, He's there, but he's just very a very pessimistic fan, and the pessimism sort of goes away. Uh, it's final. Oregon beat uh, UCLA 68-63. Um, fourth straight win. McCronin has not beat Oregon or USC. Is that crazy? Uh, but anyway, so I feel it's more of a just you kind of push away the pessimism for a little bit when UCLA is doing something good. I, f- I think that's probably a better way to describe it than jumping on and off the bandwagon. All right. Well, you got a little 18 minute rant for me in the middle of David's podcast, which I'm sure is going to be absolutely wonderful. Uh, but I'm going to sign off. Hope you guys enjoyed this little portion of the podcast of champions. We'll be back together, hopefully in studio uh, next week. Take it away, David. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, I can't count the number of ways I was unfairly maligned in the previous uh, 17 minutes. And the reason I can't count the ways is because I didn't listen to it. Get out of here, Ryan. With your crap. Um, I'm David Woods, Brown Report Online. The UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network 
And uh, as Ryan more or less described, we are not together today uh, or last night for him. I'm recording this Friday. He recorded his on Thursday. A bit of a time warp for you all. Um, we are uh, apart, and that is, uh, you know, that's that comes with its own troubles and travails. Uh, Ryan is on the way to Catalina. While I slave away here, um, putting together this this show that we we call uh, the Podcast of Champions. Uh, he went through all the uh, preamble stuff, uh, and he also began answering some questions. Um, I'm going to continue doing so, um, and uh, we'll see if we can knock these out pretty quick. We're going to have a pretty short show this week um, when we don't have uh, when we don't have uh, comedy when we are not together. Um, you know, there's just simply less to uh, less to discuss. So. Uh, Ryan answered the question from Dan about me, uh, and then this one is from Coog in Shoreline. Hey guys, which campuses in the Pac-12 have you each visited? Are there any in which you've not seen a football game? Thanks, Coog in Shoreline. All right, um, I have been to um, all campuses except for Colorado. Um, I have watched football games at... Um, Washington State, Washington, uh, Oregon State, Stanford, Cal, UCLA, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. So I think the only ones I've missed are Oregon and Colorado. Um, Oregon, I've watched basketball games um, at the stadium there, but I haven't watched a football game. Um, and Colorado, I simply haven't been to. Um, if I'm ranking them, I think my my personal favorite um, – from a enjoyable experience, plus the game, plus everything, uh, was probably Washington. Uh, I really enjoyed going to the game there, um, and uh, the whole the whole stadium setup's really cool. But also, I really loved that campus. Um, loved walking around, um, and it was a uh, it was a really fun time. Um, and then for Ryan, I think he's been to pretty much all of them now. Um, I think so. I think he's done Colorado. I think he was talking about Ralphie a lot. I don't know. I don't really listen to him when he talks. Um, so you'll have to ask him uh, on a further a date in the future. Um, but that's my answer. All right. This is from Eric. NFTs. Over the weekend, Oregon's NIL Collective had an NFT auction, and Coach Land Danning bought a picture of the duck designed by Tinker Hatfield. Hopefully the ducks are able to keep up with the NIL industrial complex in the SEC. Relatedly, which Pac-12 coaches do you think are embracing NFTs and or crypto? Fish I could see owning an NFT, but I can't tell whether Kelly would make a joke about not understanding SnapTalk or give a 45-minute TED Talk mansplaining how the blockchain is the future. Keep up the work. Eric. Okay, so you got to you got to figure who's who's your most pretend smart um football coach. So like are we talking um Chip Kelly, because I think Chip Kelly actually fits the bill there pretty well. Like somebody who's kind of like pretend um, intelligent, um, and then his actions obviously reveal him to not be so. Um, so I would actually say Chip is probably one of the guys who's really, really, really into crypto. Um, but you also got to look for somebody with like, um, uh, like you know, proto libertarian ideas about everything. Um, and so, you know. You always look to Arizona with those things, so Jed Fish would make some sense. Um, I don't know if he's inculcated enough. Um, can't imagine Kyle Whittingham knows what a computer is, let alone the blockchain. Um, David Shaw, 
Ooh, David Shaw. So he's perfect because he's proximate to all of the stupidity going on in the Bay Area. So he makes a ton of sense here. He definitely owns a bunch of crypto. Um, Justin Wilcox, maybe. Um, I would say Jonathan Smith is a, is a maybe. Um, Land Danning, I mean, you, you, you discussed the NIL Collective here with the NFT archive. Um, but I would say, yeah, my picks are probably Chip Kelly and David Shaw. I think they're the ones who are most likely to um, embrace that pyramid scheme. All right, uh, this is the one from Eric. This is NIL as well. As we see the NIL deals helping to land recruits and transfers to programs, I'm wondering if schools will try to use NIL to help retain players deciding if they should jump to the NFL a year early. Do you think that would be a selling point for the players, maybe receiving a lower-than-expected draft grade or a position-heavy class? Just some thoughts for off-season talk. Thanks and fight on. Yeah, this is a really great question because I do think that's going to have to be a part of retaining players uh, for some schools. Um, I, I know for UCLA, I think it's going to be a priority is uh, initially to shore up the uh, the losses to the transfer portal. Um, you know, being able to give guys, you know, whatever, if you tens of thousands of dollars or whatever the amount is um, to keep them in the fold, I think is essential um, because as you're seeing the combination of all of these changes with college football have made um, the off season pretty crazy and pretty, pretty fun, but pretty wild. Um, and it's the combination of all this money now being out in the open, but also having this free transfer option. Um, and that combination makes it so retention um, of your players. I mean, it's probably a statistic that everyone needs to start tracking is your retention rate. Um, you know, that's a big thing in a lot of different industries, but I think it has to be now in in uh, in college football. That would be a great through line for determining the health of a program is um, your retention rate of uh, guys with the transfer portal. Um, you know, if you're a team that's losing a bunch of starters every single year, to the transfer portal, um, it could mean bad things about the tra trajectory of the success on the field. It could mean some bad things about your NIL support. It could mean some bad things about the food in the cafeteria. But it could mean a lot of bad things about um, what's going on in the in the state of your program. So I think there's uh, definitely some merit for building um, uh, a fund of. Or I know a lot of schools are calling these collectives now boosters. But building a fund that's aimed at the current players, aimed at making them, um, uh, you know, making them some money while they're in school. And uh, if and when NIL ever gets regulated, it will almost assuredly be um, regulated in terms of recruiting. Um, I don't think infrastructure time spent on building up how you retain players with NIL money would be misspent because I don't think that's that's the part where I don't see um, the NCAA being able to sink their teeth into it at any point um, with minors, though, with with um, with school, with uh, recruiting guys um, from high school. I think they might be able to wield a little bit more regulation at some point. Um, but uh, I think the genie's out of the bottle with paying the players who are currently in school. Um, so I think that's honestly, if I was building an NIL program from scratch, which I think a lot of the schools who have not um, had a systematic cheating program before uh are doing um i would start with okay how do we support the guys in the program first and then start building it for um the recruits and transfers um and, but that's if you do it centralized in a centralized way some of these schools i do think it's kind of boosters just wilding out and doing it themselves um but if you are trying to build it from a centralized position i would start with retaining um your players who you want to keep in the program um by making sure there's a you know, I mean, essentially think of it like an endowment that you're, um, you know, 
doling out a certain percentage to all these guys every year so that they feel appreciated and feel like they're getting supported and then start thinking about, okay, what's, what's the stuff we can do in essentially free agency. Um, but it's a great question. It's going to be an evolving question over time. Uh, there's obviously um, essentially no rules at this point, and that makes it fun, but it makes it um, also pretty crazy, and you have to be a very creative problem solver to make this work, and we're already seeing some schools failing at that. Okay, um, looking around, uh, I do not see uh, any other questions at this time which is unfortunate uh, because Ryan went for 17 minutes and I've only gone for nine, which um, when you're competing with a man such as Ryan, you definitely want to talk longer. You want to, you want to give it um, everything you have. And so I'm going to continue to do that. Um, so I watched uh, the, the television show Peacemaker um, on uh, HBO Max. I watched that over the last couple weeks. And I gotta say, um, so I I I found the um, uh, so I didn't see the initial Suicide Squad, but I watched the second one that James Gunn did um, that came out I think last year. And I gotta say, uh, a lot of reviewers that I respect who you know watch a lot of these things, they really talk up uh, that movie and then the Harley Quinn movies. Um, and I watched the Birds of Prey and I watched Suicide Squad, and I gotta say, I think they were two terrible movies. Um, really bad. The tonal shifts were out of control, um, dreadfully um, uh, convoluted and uh, nonsensical and uh, not particularly funny. Um, and so I was I was I was approaching Peacemaker with some trepidation because I, I didn't um, I didn't find that movie very good, but I kept reading very good things about this. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it I'll give this 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 universe one more try. And it's really funny. It's really, really good. Um, I I would recommend it highly um, if you uh, yeah sort of like the send ups of this uh, superhero genre. What I would describe it as is essentially DC's version of um, Deadpool, um, where it's uh, essentially it's a good superhero story on its own, but it's also like a really funny kind of satire of the whole thing. Um, and it's I would say that was heavily in its DNA was the Deadpool thing, um, with Ryan Reynolds. So, uh, I recommend it. Um, it's very, uh, it's fun. Um, it's light. Uh, you can get through it pretty quickly. Um, a lot of good characters. Um, his buddy sidekicks really, uh, really one of the best parts. Um, who's basically a borderline sociopath, but in a nice way. Um, yeah, but it's uh it's very good. John Cena is uh is everyone is is the guy that everyone thinks The Rock is, but he isn't. Um like Cena's actually funny. Like he's actually a pretty gifted comic actor. Um and he plays the kind of man baby role uh better than better than most people do. Um so recommend that. Um God, now we're at eleven minutes and thirty-seven seconds, and I'm 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 spent. I'm 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 completely wiped out. Um, you know, I, I I've really got nothing else for you. We've reached I, I would say close to the thirty-minute mark with the with the long intro. That's really all you can ask. Um, I think Ryan went over the details of our potential meetup uh, next, not next week, the week following. In Vegas, uh, we will continue to iron those out uh, in the days to come. Uh, but both of us will be there, uh, barring any last-minute catastrophes. 
And uh, our intention is to hang out with however many uh, POC listeners uh, are attending in Vegas and uh, hopefully have a very good time. Uh, probably not watching a basketball game. Um, maybe, maybe not. Probably be between, like, if I had to guess right now, like Oregon and Colorado would be the game that would be on when we'd be hanging out. And, you know, come on, let's not, let's call it what it is. Are we really going to watch Oregon and Colorado play basketball? No. So anyway, uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you there, and uh, we look forward to being back together next week so we can give you uh, what feels more like a full show. All right, talk to you again soon. Greetings, Fantasy Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam, with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. Puka Nakua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.